Blog Talk Radio. to the Frontier Beyond Fear. I'm Susan Larison-Dans, and today is Saturday, November 4th, 2023. You are listening to the very beginning of the 14th year of the Frontier Beyond Fear on Blog Talk Radio, and this show airs live there every Saturday at 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern Time, and podcasts on numerous syndicates, including iHeartRadio, Spotify, Apple and Google Podcasts, and more. Welcome. As I was kind of taking my pre-show break, I tend to set up the show once I, I am guided to what the topic should be, Um, And I generally don't know that until quite close to an episode beginning. Um, And so although this show always, um, with some exceptions, but generally does air live consistently um, at this time, if you're listening live, I only speak about what I feel is on my heart to say. No, it doesn't come from outside of me, it comes from within me, although we are connected to the omnipresent divine, each and every one of us. So whatever I'm led to say is both on my heart and is also something that um, comes from beyond my heart, although that too is contradictory as there's nothing beyond your heart. We are all connected and we are connected to the omnipresent divine, which is within each and every one of us and is unconditional love. Often I'll turn on some movies I'm watching um, that I've DVR'd before the show, just to kind of take a little break before the show starts. And this time it's a movie and a story, originally a play that many of you have seen, and I didn't quite realize how it was going to so perfectly fit with today's topic. And it's actually not the first time I've talked about this movie, because it does also have to do with authenticity. But this has to do with something that may take and will take your entire life to do, but you can always start now. That is looking carefully, mindfully, heartfully, deeply, honestly at your story, the story that you've lived and the story that you're living now 
and the story that is yet to be. You are a beloved expression of the omnipresent divine, a created soul living this life uniquely and never, ever buy in to some who will say that your story doesn't matter, that you're just a drop in the ocean and your story, just let go of it, it's all ego. No, you are here to celebrate your story. And when you do that in a balanced way in the midst of unconditional love, it's the farthest thing from ego. It's what you are intended to be, why you're here. We wouldn't even bother to be on earth if we were all going to be the same. So I was continuing watching the movie Grease, and I really enjoy the music and, you know, the funny thing is I don't really like the story, and I'm reminded that every time I watch it. And there's a reason I don't like it, because it celebrates in, it celebrates being the opposite of your authentic self, and it literally teaches this to teens everywhere, certainly in the United States. I know many of you listen in different parts of the world, but this is going to be relevant to you. And there are some spoilers here if you don't know the story of Greece. I know many of you do. I'm not going to get into it too deeply, but there is something important here that we all need to listen to. Greece is the story of two teens who go backwards. The entire story is a tragedy because it's starts where it should end. The happy ending is at the beginning, and it only regresses from there, though it claims otherwise. It is a story that absolutely celebrates being your most inauthentic self and letting all these dysfunctional, immature voices push onto you some other way of being that is not anywhere close to who you are, and at the very end, that's considered a happy ending to celebrate. And it starts in the beginning where these two teens meet, and um, they, you know, they ha- they have a um, a wonderful time together at the beach, and you can feel that they're each being their authentic selves. They are not exactly the same. Either, And you see that at the beginning. Um, And then, as it progresses, um, it turns out this, in the the movie version, because Olivia Newton-John is in it, not quite sure how the play version goes. I haven't seen it in a very long time. But um, she's visiting from Australia, and she's supposed to go home. And um, I think the whole story is set in California. Um, I'm not quite sure exactly where it's set, but um, she ends up not going home. And he, when he is with his friends, is a total fake. And they are immature, and they're making fun of people, and they're just, you know, really pretty awful people. Um, There are some other girls that surround her who, you know, you could say, Actually, the girls are more authentic than than the teen boys in this story because it doesn't mean that everybody needs to be the same. The girls 
you have to figure out, are they living as they authentically would choose to be? Some of them really seem to be. There's one who's like going to beauty school and several of the girls, um, they're not all the same in what they would say their values are because this is really about, you know, what, how you view what makes you feel comfortable in the world. That is so important. What is in alignment with your way of being and your heart? And it can originate from many places. So this can evolve in your life as well. And what you don't really know about the main character is, you know, how much of her own story is real, how much has been um, maybe um, um, put within her without having a chance to really discover what's real. But what ultimately happens is that these two characters are not themselves, and they celebrate that at the end. Um, He... Um, has he's putting on a show for his friends. In fact, she even um, captures it perfectly. She says he's a total fake. Well, you know, it's really sad because deep down he's not a fake. When those two first see each other, he shouts out her name. He's his, his, his authentic self. Then he realizes he's in front of his very immature friends, and he has to put on this um, 50s-style um, show in front of them. And he's as far from his authentic self as he could be. Um, And they're making fun of her, the girls. Some of the girls don't seem to really want to make fun of her as much. There's one that's pretty dysfunctional. She's leading a rather difficult story. But with that said, it's still her story. And she seems to not want to live all of it because she's having some real difficulty she needs to work through. But you sense her authentic self is not going to be the same as the main character self. And that's so important here. We are not all the same. We come to life in different ways. And this is so important, not just in our personal stories, but in stories that involve societies, entire civilizations, is attempting to understand where someone is coming from, who they are. You know, often people do grow through, like all civilizations can grow, and, you know, people within a society, they need to decide, you know, um, what is the story that we really are living? What is the narrative that is actually true? What is the narrative that is false? And also in balance, what is the way of looking at this that values each and every person without diminishing anyone? There can be very dark stories from the past personally and as a civilization. There are very dark stories unfolding right now in the current time. Whatever difficulties we've gone through, whatever imperfections have come to light, We can always work with that and live a growing story, growing towards who we really are and who we choose to be and not getting stuck in a story that is no longer true or that was imposed upon us. That may be that we really can move into a space of miraculous healing because this is a spiritual program, not a materialistic one. Yes we can 
heal. We can heal as individuals. We can heal as societies. We can learn. We can grow. In Greece, back to that story, she ultimately decides after being pressured, and you know this isn't what she really wants, because what they really want is just to be like they were at the beginning of the movie, these two teens. And maybe they would learn and grow and become a little bit closer to one another, but still be who they are while they're learning and growing. And the fact of the matter is, in the middle is who they are, where they meet. And still not perfectly in alignment, but so much better than at the end, where she totally throws away everything she is and is pressured by very immature people to become something she totally is not. At the same time, he comes towards her and becomes more, in fact, he's more mature than she is. The very interesting thing is ultimately, although he then gets influenced by her immaturity at the end, he does something that is really courageous and mature, and maybe he comes too much towards her and loses a little bit of himself, but the question there is he then, towards the end, he kind of abandons for a very brief period being this fake person and being more like the teen who he really is that she met at the beach when he wasn't being watched by all these dysfunctional, immature friends and having their ways pushed on him. I mean, there's another part that I had just watched before the movie. Someone, she doesn't want to have her ears pierced, and yet this other girl just pierces her ears, and she doesn't want it. Look, that's not right. That is imposing something on someone else, and it happens all the time in different ways. So she becomes totally what she's not, and she celebrates this and thinks, oh, you know, now she's going to be accepted and by all these dysfunctional people who are not living in an authentic way because she's really trying to please this group of men who are about as dysfunctional as can be, except for the main character who tries to come towards her, where um, he starts changing himself and really finding who you know deep down he really is, which is actually closer to who she is. Then what happens? She throws away her entire life and her authenticity, and she fakes being like him, and she, he, which is not like him, like the fake him, and then he as if that's his authentic self, which it isn't because it's all pretend in front of his friends, he then goes back to being that fake, awful self, and then they all go off like into heaven. You know, they, they rise up into the sky in a car together, and you're singing this song, and we're all together, and we're so happy. We'll always be together. And it is a tragedy because the story is literally backwards at the beginning they were living their happy ending one can only hope if they continue i know there are sequels to greece although i don't know that i don't think she's in it but in real life one would hope that maybe they would discover hey we're being fake this isn't who we are and find some place who they really are maybe not exactly who she thought she was but certainly not what these dysfunctional people think she is. And he always knew that he wasn't 
um, what his friends want him to be. That's just fake and cool and pretending and, you know, really very mean, mean-spirited. And, you know, it, it's just an awful story. And yet I keep watching. I don't know why I watch I like the music. And we've been, you know, in many high schools, Throughout America, certainly, they will put this show on, maybe even junior highs. And I remember, you know, where kids would be taken to go see this movie, or not the movie, but um, the show. This movie and this story came into my life when I was in ninth grade, and it didn't have a good influence on me at all. Because all it did was attempt to make me something inauthentic. That doesn't mean that I had figured out who I was at that time, but it was not a good influence. You can grow into being more than who you are at any given time. You can change in different ways. You can change what you see is truly loving, what is truly self-respect, what is truly mutual respect. You can have all kinds of very functional emotions you can learn and grow but you need to do that naturally not in a way that is imposed and that's where the theme of this show has to do so much with what is your real story who are you what does your heart your inner self you know it within what really makes you feel comfortable are you living someone else's story are you living a story that someone else has imposed on you and that can come from multiple directions as to what story you are living what narratives within our civilization are driving some very dark and dangerous things forward how can we together discover what we really seek and a way to peace? There are many questions that need to be faced, and none of them are easy, but they all have to do with seeing the worth of every single person on this planet, seeing your own self-worth, I have had some personal things that I've been working with in my work, and I'm realizing, and you get synchronicities, which are meaningful, supportive coincidences that come absolutely, in fact, I just looked and it says there's an 1111 left in the show. Yeah, that's a little wink, although I don't really need numbers like that as much, but, but it's still meaningful. Uh, my my computer screen had had gone um, blank, and I checked on the status of things. Um, and um, in my own life, I've been really considering, you know, what do I really seek in my work in sharing my message? I am not perfect in my authenticity. Not a one of us is. It's it's really difficult to be your full and complete self in every minute. But I really strive more and more to express my honest voice. It's one reason why I don't do interviews anymore is because that's a different kind of show. Now, that doesn't mean that I couldn't create a show that, that, that is would be ideal, but right, and it also takes a lot of time 
to do this. But I was really elevating and working towards other people's voices. And sometimes they aligned with mine, uh, but sometimes there were variations. And, you know, I couldn't really question those things that really weren't in alignment with my own feelings about things. Now, that doesn't mean we all need to be the same and all that, but far too often I was sacrificing my authenticity um, to, um, you know, to let another voice be heard instead of meeting somewhere where we had a really good conversation where, you know, maybe questioning some things like, you know, I really don't see this um, and, and discussing how my perspective was different, but it just wasn't that kind of a show back then. And I'm, there were some very, very good, many good episodes. There's a lot of episodes in the archive, but, um, it is incredibly difficult, you will find, if you're doing a, an interview show where you're, you know, someone has a new book and you're asking them about the book, you know, what are you going to do, trash the book? I mean, if that's the case, don't bring them on to begin with. <laughs> if it's something that, that is, and it generally wasn't, you know, that far. But as I was learning and growing, I was changing. And I felt the need and the desire to just honestly express myself, plus my time changed. So I just really couldn't spend all the time I used to spend reading books. So it really isn't about this show, but in terms of the work that I'm called to, and my own worth within it is far too often things that are falling away for me, and I still do some, um, were not really in alignment with my true um, level of skill and accomplishment because I've done a lot in my life and a lot of that's being affirmed, including, um, you know, getting my master's degree in computer science and doing work in AI with a well-meaning intent, the kind that wanted to, to help so that it would help us communicate and understand better. I mean, back then... Um, we weren't really thinking about the dysfunctional places. And, you know, I wasn't like that pivotal, that um, involved in the field. I mean, I did some work in it, though, and some of it was pioneering as an intern and in other ways. Um, and so I'm bringing back, I'm reclaiming that scientific self who worked very, very hard you know, very diligent student. I became a math major, which was very difficult in my undergraduate years because I really wanted to learn about computer science and math was an avenue to that. Um, and also was very interested in so many aspects of the humanities, which is why I got involved early with, um, with conceptual language modeling very early, which turns out now to be a very important part of the field. Back then, it was just one small part of it, um, and actually not really even the, the part that people thought was the most interesting. Um, but now it's become very central. So, And, of course, I am wanting to combine talking about this, which I have on this show in some previous episodes, talking about how how we understand intelligence can't be just strictly materialistic. That entire pr profession is infused with materialism, whereas 
I bring, and so do others, a spiritual level. That doesn't mean I'm working in AI now. No, I'm not. But I'm reflecting on where it's taking us and also what it meant to begin with. How do you define intelligence if you don't include the spiritual side of things? Because that's really important, especially when you start thinking about what does it mean to be a true thinking being or conscious, which is a different aspect of the field than just what can we do to enable better communication and things like that. So I'm reclaiming that, but I'm especially reclaiming that in recent years, because I made some choices in my life, one of the biggest choices I made, um, although it really wasn't a choice at the time because it was so obvious it was what I wanted to do, um, but it was a choice because it was different than what I thought I would do at one point is to become a, a stay-at-home mom who worked at home, and I did a lot at home. I didn't work full-time, but I needed to be home with my child. That totally changed um, the direction of my career, and I kind of reclaimed it a bit later, and sure, it's continuing now in different ways. I mean, there were very lofty things that happened. Um, even really my dream job on an executive floor. I mean, many good things that I was seeking at the time happened. But then I also had other goals that were spiritual and related to my writing and so many other things. But my own worth cannot be diminished by someone who can't see it. You know, um, I have um, tremendous value to bring to the table here. The um, when I was young um, and was in, in um, the first college I went to, I was studying humanities. It was one of the, my professor who was my advisor. He said, join the great conversation because back then, which is so surprising now, I was so quiet. But my voice had been suppressed by a teacher in high school who was very critical. And before that, I was actually quite the student who would talk up in class, but then when I was attacked by this teacher, I have no idea how many other students in 10th grade this particular teacher hurt, but um, it, it shut down my voice for, for quite a long while, and it took me years, literally years, to rediscover it. So look closely who you are and what you can be. You may have aspirations. I just heard a friend on Facebook was talking about, you know, she she had gotten, I think she had gone to a community college, and now she's saying she wants to be a history teacher, you know, and go back to school and, you know, go back to school later, somewhat later in life and get her degree. Maybe she'll get multiple degrees. I know someone else who's getting a Ph.D., um, who, went, who went back to school, someone who was actually on this show some time ago. Um, I, I know um, any number of stories, and it's not just about formal education. In fact, it's not by any means just about that. It's about who you are. What are your strengths? You know it. Don't listen to the voices that belittle you or diminish you. Don't listen. Those voices are not telling you a true story about you. Those stories may be from your past. You may have had a very critical 
person in your life, either when you were very young. I mean, there's so many different stories of dysfunction or maybe in a relationship, something that that really shut you down. Maybe you were in a crowd of people like the characters in Greece that were really pushing you in a way that was not in your best interest, that was not allowing you to bring your talents into the world in the way they are meant to be. Because each of you has a purpose. Each of you has a calling. Spiritually, you need to reflect on the narrative you know, what to you is true, what feels true. We are not all the same. We have different spiritual paths. There are materialists that have no path, no spiritual path, and yet they push materialism on those who do. That is not right. What evidence is coming to light to show the true nature of reality? That would really help the materialist to see, hey, there really is a spiritual reality. How we interpret it, what we then believe, that can very much vary. But there is evidence of a spiritual reality. Encourage those around you. If you have a child in your life or a grandchild, Encourage them to be who they are. You, none of us do any of this perfectly. We need to encourage ourselves to be who we are. More and more, I am working with my own self. The live show is about to end. Um, thank you, Blog Talk Radio. The show was once again featured on their homepage under Live and Upcoming Shows. That's an easy way to find it most Saturdays. Um, you can learn about this show on FrontierBeyondFear.com. Thanks for being here if you're listening live. And to those of you who are listening across time in one of the podcast formats, that could be in any number of places, um, I appreciate your being here across time. And I hope these words have reached your heart because we can be, I haven't used that word discernment yet in the show today, but that's being discerning is looking at your narrative, your society's narrative, any number of narratives, and saying, is this really true? And there are many ways of discovering what is true. It can be difficult sometimes. But we seek clarity. Are we living a false story? Is that leading us in places that are not healthy, either as a person or as a society? How do we find a way to celebrate one another's paths and stories? How do we find that way to, yes, greater peace within our world? Because in the direction we're heading now, it's not looking like a really good story at the moment um, because it's going to some very, very dark places, the darkest places we've ever gone. Whenever, you know, wars never end. They'll, they'll go on for centuries if allowed to do so. Do we choose to keep living those stories over and over and over and over Again, Or do we become more mature and look at what is really the problem? 
How can we help this situation? How can we value the worth of every human being? And that means every human being. How can we move into in a direction where um, it just doesn't result in, in um, utter devastation, I mean, to the planet and to people? We have a responsibility to be mature and in alignment with spiritual maturity, even when we don't know what that is. There are certainly materialistic people. I mean, they're not. If you believe in materialism, I know that you are still inseparable from the omnipresent divine. Um, I included one of the tags this time. I always forget to put it in. It's namaste, just meaning that you recognize the omnipresent divine in each and every person and in yourself and that you are a special created expression of what that is. And you are learning and growing as a soul. Is fear skewing the story? Is hate skewing the story? Are false stories in general from the past skewing the story of today? Why are things as they are? How can we move in a more productive, functional, loving, mutually respecting direction? How can we see that we're not all the same? Of course we're not. This show goes out to people all over the world. I don't know what your lives are like, but I know that they are important. I know that you are treasured and beloved. No matter what challenges you face, I know that how your soul is growing through them is helping ultimately to take all of our stories in the direction of greater love. We can go very much backwards away from love. It's just like darkness better defines the light. And I struggle as much as anyone else as to why. Why did we even want to see this? It's a difficult question because... It has to do with free choice, yes, but there is just tremendous darkness and cruelty in this world, and it's natural to question it. But we have to know what is higher, what is stronger, what is ever-present, what can never, ever be overcome, either in this life or the next. And that is the power of the divine, which is omnipresent, unconditional love. Take care, everyone. I hope you will all think about your stories. I hope you will all realize you can heal, you can grow. And I hope you see some little miracles supporting you this week that will be so remarkable. You will know that they are indeed miraculous. 
we are not in a material world. We are in a spiritual world that has material aspects. Find who you are. Be who you are. Start with being who you are inside yourself. That's a start. In fact, that's the best place to start. You don't have to show it all. It it takes a long time. And many people, I don't know if any of us ever really accomplished being truly authentic. Be real to you. Think about who you are, what you value, what you know to be true, what you question. Think about what voices are imposing things on you that you know are not telling the truth, that are not helpful. Think about the voices from the past that imposed things that were dysfunctional. And then find your voice inside your heart. Find your voice. Go for a walk if it helps. Take some quiet time. Sit out in nature. Go for a walk. Find a place and sit. Maybe you can't get to nature so easily. Well, find a way to get outside of where you normally are. Take care, everyone. I will be here next week, and I look forward to to seeing you then.